Artie Custer is the co-founder and CEO of the Vortic Watch Company and the Colorado Watch Company. Welcome, Artie. Thanks for having me, George. Excited to be here. Excited to have you on. Tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, why you do what you do. Well, I've been an entrepreneur for my entire adult life. Um, I, I grew up on a Christmas tree farm, fourth generation farmer and, and entrepreneur. It was the side hustle of the family back then. And so I think I was probably destined to be an entrepreneur. Um, but I went to Penn State, studied industrial engineering, focused on supply chain, got a great job with the world's largest retailer. And I was uh, renovating Walmart distribution centers for my first corporate job um, before I realized I just wanted to work for myself. And my friend Tyler and I started that watch company that we talked about back in college. Um, we had the idea in 2011. We launched on Kickstarter in 2014. And as you said, I'm currently CEO of a Vortic watch company and the new brand Colorado watch company. Um, but primarily and, and first and foremost, at this point, I'm building a legacy for, for my two little boys. I have a four-year-old and a six-year-old, Wes and Sawyer, um, and a beautiful partner, Lindsay. And so um, I'm a dad. Um, I'm trying to be a good partner, you know, trying to be a good spouse and uh, trying to be a good leader for my team. Um, and at the same time, trying to sell some watches to fund all of it. Appreciate that. How is the trying going? You know, um, pretty well overall, honestly. <laughs> um, I, I'm very grateful for for what I have and and what's come to me and what has been manifested and, and what has actually happened. Um, you know, we're we're doing really well with Vortic. Um and it's it's an uphill slope trying to make watches in the USA, which is the original idea. How do we make a watch truly in America? Um, but we've been doing it for almost 10 years now. And we're getting pretty good at it. Um, and, you know, we just launched our new brand, Colorado Watches, because, well, first of all, a lot of people forget the name Vortic Watch Company. And they're just like, oh, yeah, it's that Colorado Watch Company. Hmm. So we're like, all right, let's buy that domain because, you know, let's, that's that's it. That's who we are. We're a Colorado Watch Company. We're the only one. So now we have two brands, but um, the uh, the premise of, of Vortic was, you know, how do we make a watch truly in, in America? That's the idea that we had over 10 years ago. Um, and the only way to do it is to use old pocket watches that we turn into wristwatches. And, um, you know, long story short, that's a really hard business to run. And so we can't make very many watches. We make about 300 watches a year under our Vortic brand. And we charge 2000 to $12,000 a piece for them because we're the only ones. It's very difficult to do what we do. And they're truly made in USA. And so the premise of Colorado Watch Company that we just launched recently is, how do we make as much of the watch in America as possible, but keep the starting price around $1,000? Reason being, Tyler, my business partner, and I are both in our early 30s. We probably shouldn't be out there spending five, ten thousand $10,000 on a luxury wristwatch. You know, that's multiple mortgage payments. Um, less mortgage payments now, unfortunately. Um, and, and so we said, okay, let's, in order to scale our company, make more than 300 watches a year, let's come out with our new brand and we can make thousands of watches with Colorado watch company. So those are my two brands. That's what we stand for. Um, if it can be made here, it should is what we say. Um, and that's how we talk about made in USA. Well, I love it. So why is it? I have no idea. Why is it hard to make from soup to nuts a watch in the United States? 
Great question. So it's what we call the movement or all the gears and springs inside of a watch. So when I'm, when I refer to a movement, you know, we're making watches that are going to last a lifetime, right? They're, they're thousands of dollars. Um, they're really valuable and they operate based on gears and springs. You have to either wind them up or they wind as you move your wrist, like a modern luxury Swiss made watch. Um, you can make a watch fairly inexpensively using battery powered movements like an Apple watch, like a Timex, you know, things like that. You can, you know, you can buy a watch for 20 bucks at Walmart that honestly will tell time better <laughs> than a Swiss watch. Um, but that's not what people want. People want a really high quality watch that's going to last them a lifetime. And that's all powered by gears and springs, tiny, tiny little gear system. And we call that the movement. And no one makes movements in the US. Those are made in China or Switzerland. At least that's what people told us when we started a watch company. They were just like, you got to go to Switzerland or go to China, buy your movement. And then, yeah, you can probably figure out how to make the case, you know, the outside of the watch, the crown, the the winder you use, you know, uh, maybe the face of the watch. You can probably figure out how to make that in America. Those are bigger parts. Like there's a lot of stuff like that. Um, but the answer to your question is that no one makes those tiny little gears and springs at scale in the US today. The cool part is a hundred years ago, we used to be the Switzerland of the world. Hmm. And many people don't know this, that back in the early 1900s and late 1800s, there were 10 watch companies back then that were basically from Boston to Chicago across the Northeast. And those companies made pocket watches in America a hundred years ago. And they made millions of pocket watches because I mean, early 1900s, we didn't have phones. We definitely didn't have anything else in our pockets. And if there wasn't um, a clock nearby, the only way to tell what time it was, was a, a pocket watch. And so there was millions of these great pocket watches made. And we call those companies, the great American watch companies. And so that's really what Vortic does is we take those old pocket watches and we turn them into wristwatches, preserving American history one watch at a time is what we say. And it's really cool because I'm not selling watches. I'm just telling stories about American history that people don't really know. And by the time you're done, you're like, well, okay, I got to go to vortexwatches.com and just see what one of these looks like. <laughs> um, and, uh, and I think one of the coolest parts is that so many people have a family heirloom. You know, you have grandpa's pocket watch that's been sitting in a drawer for 50 years and you hear me on a podcast or you see an ad, you know, on Facebook for, for Vortec and you realize like, Oh crap, I can, I can take that pocket watch and make it wearable. I can put it on my wrist. And we do one or two of those projects a week at this point. Um, and basically preserve people's family heirlooms and get them out of the drawer and get them on your wrist. That's super cool. Thank you. <laughs> it's very, it's, I, I think it's very interesting. I, and 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 perhaps you and I can talk about fixing this, but I stopped wearing a watch about 12 years ago mm -hmm. and miraculously just never got back into it. Went to grab my watch and it, battery was dead. I went to a watch store here and there were two young guys who were at this watch store and they're like, oh, here's what we need to do. I'm like, that's amazing. I told my wife, I said, you know, I'm shocked that there was these two young guys. I wonder how that got into or what made them interested in watches to get to the point where they knew so much about it. So to for you to fill in sort of the history of, of that we had these 10 great companies, uh, I think it's really interesting. Thank you. Yeah. And it's, 
it is interesting, especially to find young people in, in the watch industry. Um, just for reference, the average age of a watchmaker or someone who's like skilled at restoring or fixing a high-end watch, like a Rolex or something like that. The average age of a watchmaker in the U S is um, 68 years old hmm. and it's literally a dying profession. And unfortunately it's part of what, what I call the, the, and I think a lot of people would call the skilled trade gap um, where, you know, just like we need more, more, um, you know, electricians and plumbers and, and people like that. We also need more watchmakers. Um, and no one realizes that you can go to school for two years and become a watchmaker and make more than someone like me who went to, to engineering school for four years, um, right out of school and, um, and have a great skill that's, that's highly sought after. I always have watchmaking positions open. Um, we're always hiring watchmakers and I'm competing with Rolex um, who pays a lot more. <laughs> so, um, there is no shortage of those types of jobs. And so may, hopefully maybe that's how those young people got into it is they are just like, you know, there's the, there are a couple of entrepreneurs, right? There's, there's money to be made there. Um, and, and there's a lot of opportunity for people with a skill that is valuable and highly valued. Which, which makes sense. And now I'm just curious to no end if if there's an uptick in that kind of a thing it seems like it's something that there would be a hipster with an awesome beard who would be very interested in watchmaking and they're not. everywhere i'm sure yeah well you know what's you know what's really interesting is um i think a lot of people ask me like how apple and the iWatch is or the apple watch is impacting the sales of luxury watches like mine. I mean, everything I make, whether it's Colorado watch company around a thousand or Vortic watch company in the, you know, 2000 to 10,000 kind of range. Um, we make luxury wristwatches, you know, there's only one way to look at it. And, um, you know, when I started the company 10 years ago, a lot of people said like, why would you start a watch company? Like no one's wearing watches anymore. And if you do wear a watch, you're going to wear a smartwatch because it's going to track all your stuff and like you want all that. Um, however, I think a lot of young people and uh, people of all ages really, but a lot of young people are being trained to wear something on their wrist now, which is an Apple watch. Their first watch is an Apple watch, uh, a whoop, you know, or something like that. That's like tracking their stuff. And over time they realize like, okay, I'm used to wearing something on my wrist but I don't really want it to vibrate every time I get a text message. There's a huge movement of people that are like, I kind of don't want the connection. You know, there's, I, um, I was just listening to Joe Rogan the other day and he said he, he bought a, a second phone and his personal phone literally just does text and call. And he d got rid of all the apps and everything off of it. And that's becoming really popular is just like reducing the amount of technology that's connected to us. And so I think between reducing the tech and getting a watch that simply tells time, especially one like ours, where you have to manually wind it up every day or it'll die. Like that's really cool to, I mean, to use your word hipsters, but also just young people in general, I think they think that's interesting. And then also, you know, you hit a certain point in life where you're like, I saw a meme the other, I love memes and dad jokes, by the way, but I sure. saw a meme the other the other day it was like you got to take your apple watch off when you're all dressed up for a wedding you look like a like a uh gosh i'm gonna butcher it but you just look so out of place <laughs> like you're like oh you look like a spy kid that's what it was you look like a spy kid get your apple watch off when you're wearing a tuxedo you look like an idiot 
put a nice watch on. And so um, I think there's a lot of people that realize that it's like when they do dress up, when they do want to look nice, when they're going to a wedding, when they're themselves are getting married, um, you know, they want a nice watch and maybe they don't want a Rolex like their father or their grandfather had. Um, maybe they want something nice. Maybe they want something made in USA. And that's why the Google search term made in America watches is really working well for me. <laughs> yeah. I don't doubt that for a second. It seems that there are a lot of great companies out there like origin. That's Jocko Willink's companies making yep. jeans and boots. And yeah. I imagine that, that they're doing well, that people have an interest in American made products and that you have two American made watch companies. I, it certainly makes sense to me that people would be interested in that. So far, so good. I mean, you asked how it's going and it's, it's going great. We sell every watch we make. So knock on some wood. Yeah. So you, roughly speaking, you make around 300 Vortec watches every year. Is that right? That's right. And and are you always just sourcing those, those historical watches that were made a hundred years ago? Yep. Yeah. That's my job. So I go to pawn shops and estate auctions, uh, mostly watchmaking estates and jewelry store estates, and then pawn shops, especially most pawn shops are part of a conglomerate or their own. You know, there's like a hundred pawn shops that all kind of like function, but with the same overhead. Hmm. Um, and there's this really cool network of basically pickers. You know, if you've ever seen American pickers on the history channel, there's people like that that are always looking for special things. And a lot of those people now have my business card and they're, when they find a hundred pocket watches sitting around or a thousand pocket watches from some watchmaker that, that had a bunch of them that passed away, um, they give us a call and they say, Hey, you know, do you want these pocket watches? No one else does. Um, and we buy thousands of pocket watches and then cherry pick the best of the best to turn into a Vortec watch. Um, that's how we get most of our watches. And then, like I said, people also send us family heirlooms from around the world and we turn those into wristwatches as a service that we call convert your watch. Very cool. And so somebody who's listening, they they're that very person, they have grandpa's pocket watch and they're like, well, maybe I can explore turning this into a watch or maybe I can sell it. Do you just buy it, buy it straight up? Yeah. You know, it's, it's rare that somebody wants to sell their grandpa's watch. Um, but when it happens or, you know, I think what's more common is someone has three or four pocket watches, like in their family, they got, you know, handed these, these pocket watches and they feel really bad getting rid of them. Um, but they have no use for them. They send us an email with pictures of, you know, three or four pocket watches and, um, I'll buy the three that, that we can't turn into a wristwatch and then I'll make, you know, we'll do like a little partial trade kind of deal. Um, and I'll make them one watch from either the most special one or the one they know the most about, or, you know, the, the grandfather from the side of the family they like <laughs> something like sure. that. Um, and, and we, yeah, we have those conversations all the time and, um, and no one has to remember our website. You can literally Google convert your watch because there's no one else in the world that does this. Nice. So let's just use your round numbers again. Pound shop, estate sale reaches out and say, we've got a thousand watches. We know that you buy these, you buy a thousand of them. Of those, you can turn a couple hundred into your actual watches that you can see on the site, which are all super cool, by the way. Nice. Um, and then the other ones that are left over, do you then try to get the movement out of those and to see if it's working or 
tell me a little bit about what, what do you do with the others? Totally. Well, typically we just get the movement dial in hands or the guts of a pocket watch. Um, the, the cases of most pocket watches that we get were gold or silver and they already got scrapped or melted down for the precious metal um, by a pawn shop or, or the like. Ah. And so we're already, you know, upcycling and just trying to use the ones that we can use. And the ones that we can't use, usually they're too far gone. You know, they're rusted, they're missing parts. Um, there's missing teeth on some of the gears and the mechanism. Something like that is, is wrong with them. Um, and so we'll either use them for other parts, you know, some screws that would be really helpful to fix another one. Um, sometimes we can use just the dial or the face of the old pocket watch, um, and, and use a movement from another one that was working really well that had a a poor dial or a dial that wasn't nice enough to use. And then a lot of times we can use at least the hands, um, the hands on old pocket watches are really thin pieces of spring steel. Most of them are blue or they're blued steel and they're beautiful, but they're very small and they're fragile. And so sometimes we have to replace those on on one pocket watch. And so we can find a similar uh, set of hands from the same period, um, on another one and, and, you know, use one to, to save another. Got it. Nice. I think you mentioned you were the fourth generation of a Christmas tree farm. Is there somebody who is still managing the farm or are we out of Christmas trees? (laughs) Well, um, unfortunately the Christmas tree business is a really difficult business to be in. (laughs) Um, back in the nineties, it started getting harder. And then in the early two thousands, um, it, it got almost impossible to compete with, you know, Home Depot, Lowe's, Walmart, um, now Whole Foods, you know, sells Christmas trees. So, um, the, the business started to kind of go under in, especially around like 08, um, things were really, really tough for my family. And right around that same time, my parents got divorced. And so my mom was left with the farm. Um, and I was an only child. And then, uh, to finish the story, uh, also, unfortunately, um, I lost my mom in 2020 to cancer. And so, um, I went home in 2020, said goodbye to my mom and started preparing for, uh, doing something else with the farm because I live in Colorado. I have a small family, um, I can't run that business from here. And um, she and I were already kind of talking about what that would look like. And unfortunately, the um, timeline got exponentially escalated. Um, and I sold the farm uh, to you know pay off family debt and then reinvested the, the difference here in this building that I'm sitting in right now. And so um, I personally own the, the 8,500 square foot manufacturing building that we have here for Vortec. Awesome. Um, and that's where we make all the watches. And I like to think my grandfather and, and my mom uh, would be really proud of, of how I, I took the family's, you know, investment that they made in the state of Pennsylvania um, and and that legacy and pivoted to a business that's a lot more successful and honestly, a lot more fun to run um, at this point. And now we make watches with the same investment. I'm sure that that's right. I love it. Well, RT, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you and Vortec? And and is the Colorado Watch Company up and running? When or, or when is that going to happen? Yeah. So um, to answer that question first, coloradowatches.com, Colorado Watch Company um, was launched on Kickstarter about a month ago. 
we were successfully funded. We are, we set our goal at 250,000 in 30 days. We hit 350,000 in 30 days. So, um, people seem to really like the idea of a modern mechanical automatic wristwatch as made in USA as possible for around a thousand dollars. So that's in process now that our Kickstarter has been funded a few months from now, uh, we'll have like pre-orders and, and stuff like that directly on our website. But for the next couple months, we're just um, kind of making all the watches we sold on Kickstarter. If you're interested in that, it's coloradowatches.com. We basically just have an email sign up to learn more. And then all the other stuff we talked about is at vorticwatches.com. That's V-O-R-T-I-C watches.com. My email address, if you want to connect with me, is just RT, like Robert Thomas, at vorticwatches.com. And I primarily hang out on Instagram. So I'm RT Custer. It's R-T-C-U-S-T-E-R on Instagram. Send me a DM and let you talk business, Christmas trees, watches, whatever you want. Love it. Well, if you enjoyed as much as I did, show RT your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to coloradowatches.com and get on the email list for the updates. Go check out Vortic, V-O-R-T-I-C, watches.com. And you can see all the amazing work on um, restoring and turning the pocket watches into wristwatches that RT's been talking about today. And they are really cool and worth a look. Um, and then you find them on Instagram as well. And I'll link all those in the notes. Thanks again, RT. Thanks, George. Till next time, remember, do your part by doing your best. <laughs>